You're listening to Crosspoint Community Church in LaGrange, Texas podcast. To learn more about Crosspoint Community Church, including service times and how you can connect, please visit crosspointchurchtx.org. Morning, church. How are y'all? Happy 2024. Is it a good year so far? Really? Okay. All right. Just that's good to hear. Well, um, I'm hoping that it will progressively get better than um, that response. Um, first thing, 2024. My name is Mike Cooper, one of the pastors here. So glad that you have decided to be with us, worship with us this morning. Those that are worshiping online, thank you for, for being here. Excited about today's message. There are a couple things in my life that um, really kind of get me going um, and fresh starts and the turn of the year is one of those things. It's a natural um, build in for me to look at things a little bit different than the last year. And I don't know what it is. Um, there used to be this little paper thing on the wall that you could tear off um, at the end of 2023. I, don't, I haven't seen those um, recently, actually, when I was a kid, time was moving so fast that we actually had those little adhesive things that stuck to the dash of a car um, that had like little pieces of paper. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. I heard a laugh. Anybody have any idea what I'm talking about? The calendar? Did anybody have that? They stuck it or their dad or their grandpa had it stuck to the dash of the car. I don't know what it was, but for me to be able to go out knowing that it was either the 30th or 31st or whatever, and I'd go out to the car and I'd tear that little piece of paper off and then the next month would come around. I don't know why I enjoy doing that so much, but it was just this idea in my mind that, hey, we're turning a page. It's a calendar. It's either a month or it's a year. And, and some of you looking back at 2023, you're going, man, I had a fantastic year. It was beautiful, kind of especially from the year or two before that, kind of some stuff that we were dealing with. 2023 was kind of a a respite. It was one of these things where we actually enjoyed, got to hang out with family again, all that kind of stuff. I, I had a great 2023, but I believe that 2024 is going to be even better. Kenny, Kenny talked last week about resolutions and those kind of things and kind of the, the, the positives and the negatives. And, and I don't know what your perspective is on resolutions. I, I like them. It's, it kind of is a, it's one of those things where it kind of kicks me in the seat of the pants a little bit to kind of spur me towards something, uh, towards a goal. You can call it a goal. You can call it a resolution, an idea, whatever you want to call it. But I also believe that if we don't have goals towards something, whether it's career, whether it's family, whether it's church, spiritual, then we're, we're going to lack uh, we're not going to achieve all that I believe that we can achieve and all that God wants us to achieve. And so I believe that we do need to have goals, that we need to have something set out in front of us to shoot for. And I believe the passage today and the message today will help, help us see that there needs to be some targets. There needs to be some things in our life that we're shooting forward towards. One of the phrases that my dad said over and over and over again to me when I was growing up, transitioning a little bit here he would tell me as far as the, the people that I hung out with and the places that I would go and those kind of things for me to protect myself for me to make wise decisions and he would use this phrase and it's in your notes there it says don't go places you shouldn't go and don't do things you shouldn't do and and I can't tell you how many times over the years being a teenager 
that when I was about to do something that I shouldn't have been doing or go in some place that I shouldn't have been going, I could hear my dad's words. And, and a lot of times, not every time, I wish I could say every time, but a lot of times it was, it was a reminder to me, man, I shouldn't do that. Man, what are you doing? Why are you here? And so it would cause me to back up and change directions and, and do the things that I was supposed to do. And so I want to share that with you as we head into 2024, as we head into the message today. If you have your Bibles, turn to Psalms chapter 1, right in the middle of the Old Testament. It's the very first um, chapter in the book of Psalms. We're going to be looking at the first three verses. And so in September, when you're sitting back and you're pondering what Mike was preaching on uh, on the first Sunday in 2024, this will be one of these easy verses for you to remember. Not that anybody's going to be thinking about what Mike was preaching on the first Sunday in 2024. But anyway, um, hey, no need. No need. Comments from the peanut gallery. Okay. All right. But it's one of these things that will be easy for us to remember about 2024 and fresh starts. And, man, what does God's word say? What was Mike sharing that day? And, and I believe it's, it's really something easy for us to grab a hold of. I'm a, I've shared this with you before. I'm a simple guy, simple mind. Things need to make a lot of sense to me, easy for me to grab a hold of, low-hanging fruit, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and this is one of these passages that really resonates with me because it's, it's kind of brass tacks. It's in your face. It's something that you should do, something that you shouldn't do. Teenagers, you grab a hold of this. Young adults, you grab a hold of this. It will save you a whole lot of heartache. There's a lot of people in this room that have gray hair or no hair um, that would love to be able to speak truth into your life, to, to say yes, that would resonate, saying listen, 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 because there's a lot of truth in this. And so let's read this passage together. Um, the title of the message is Seeing Clearly a Fresh Start in 2024. And in and in your notes, there are some, the, the first Part, the section is, if you want to make sure that God is not honored with the way that you live your life, if you want to make sure that God is not pleased with your life in 2024, then you make sure you do these things. And then we'll, we'll come back and we'll look at the opposite side of the coin about what God does want to see in your life and how you can honor God and what you do. And so the first thing, let's, let's read this passage, Psalm chapter 1, starting in verse 1. It says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers or scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither. And whatever he does, he prospers. Powerful passage to me about some things that we need to do and some things that we shouldn't do. And so well, the first thing I wanted to share, share with you this morning is that the things that we want to stay away from or the things that if you want to make sure that God is not honored with your life is to walk in the counsel of the wicked. We don't have to try real hard to find those people that are doing things wrong. We don't have to look real far. Sometimes we just look in the mirror and we find some people that are doing some things wrong, right? And so scripture is telling us here, the writer of Psalms is saying, listen, don't walk 
and hang out with those people that are doing the things that they shouldn't be doing. Sounds like my dad advice. Mike, don't do things you shouldn't do. Don't go places you shouldn't go. And so there are some people in our lives that we need to, and we've, we've, we've made this little Rolodex thing in our head, flipping through the people real quick. Hey, who's this person? Who do I need to stop hanging out with? Who are the people that are causing some problems, some grief, some frustration in my life? And so those people are, it's, it's like a billboard, a flashing light. You're seeing their faces right now. God's word says in 2024 that we don't need to hang out with those folks that are doing the things that are wrong. Okay. Plain and simple. If, if you're the guy that's doing something wrong, you're the gal who's doing something wrong. There are some people sitting in this service to me saying, I'm not hanging out with you anymore. I'm not hanging out with you anymore because listen, I don't want to hang out with the wicked. And not that you're this evil, twisted person. But there is, a, there is an expectation of what holy living looks like. There's an expectation of what God's desire is for us. And Psalms 1 says here, it says, don't walk with the wicked. Don't walk in the counsel of the wicked. One of the things that, that I'm sure that everybody in this room if you're, would know and would, would, would agree with, you could raise your hand and probably give me several names of some really good friends. If you want... To hear a yes to a bad decision that you want to make. If you want to get an affirmation, you want to get somebody to, to agree with you to do something that you shouldn't do, you can find that friend. You can find that person who will tell you what you want to hear. What's better is for you to have somebody who will tell you what you need to hear. And so teenagers, if you're, if you're asking your friends for advice about life, let me encourage you, stop. Okay, stop, because your friends have about as much clue long term in life as you do at this moment. Not saying that you can't make some wise decisions, but it would probably be better for you to ask some folks that have lived a little bit longer. People that have hair like this or not hair like this. People that are 40, 50 plus because they've lived some life. Okay, and most people, they want your best they have your best interest in mind. And so when you go to them and say, listen, I don't, I don't want you to judge me. I just want you to give me some, some good advice. I promise you there's a lot of people in this congregation, there's a lot of people in this community that will give you some solid advice. But there's one thing better than having solid advice, and that's having godly advice. You want to have some people in your life that are following after the things of God so when you go to them and you say, hey, I need some wisdom, I need some advice in this particular area of my life, they're going to match their advice up with what God's word says. So those are the kind of people that you need to have in your life. Some of us have some people that give us terrible advice. Yeah, that'd be a great idea. Do that. Yeah, that'd be a great idea. Do that. No, you need to have people in your life that will speak truth. And sometimes it's painful for you to hear that. Kind of reminds me of of a, a, a situation in my life. I, I lived a bunch of different places. My dad was a truck driver, and so man, we moved around. I was born in Florida, and I've lived in Missouri and Arkansas and Fort Worth and Needville and all kind of places. And so, I ended up graduating from uh, a town in Freeport, Texas, down on the coast, Surfside, Lake Jackson. Some of you are familiar with that. And so I learned to drive in Arkansas. This is fantastic. I got my driver's license at 14 because I lived on a farm. And apparently, if you live on a farm, it's okay for you to drive on the highway. It makes perfect sense. Okay? (laughs) 
And so I got my driver's license at 14. We drew, we moved from northern Arkansas to Freeport. And so driving around Freeport, it's a smaller town, not as small as the Grange, but a little bit smaller town. Then mom got the idea. She says, you need to learn to drive in the big city. And so what's the biggest city next to Lake Jackson, Freeport? Houston. Okay, so we drive up 288 out of uh, Freeport, Lake Jackson area, and we hit 610. And, and for, for those of you that are probably 25 and younger, Google this amazing place. It's called Astro World. Okay. <laughs> Long, side note, I found out that in 1986, um, my wife and I, she was not my wife at that time. We were both teenagers. We were at this spiritual concert um, singing about Josie's vacation far away or something along. Maybe you know that song. Anyway, we were at that same concert, didn't even know it. Okay. I would, don't you wish you could kind of like go back in time and see if you ever cross paths? Anyway, side note. Uh, so I, I'm driving up 280 or I'm driving up 288. We hit 610. 610 is a, in case you don't know, it's a big loop around Houston. Mom pulls over and she says, get in the driver's seat. And I'm going, yeah. Cause I wasn't, I, I mean, I've been driving for a couple of years now. And so, but I had never driven in the big city. And what would happen in the big city, though, around 610, is that people would drive really fast. Okay? And so, guess what that gave me permission to do as a 16-year-old kid? Oh, man. I'm dropping it down. I'm I'm taking off. Okay? And back then, again, for younger crew, uh, guess what the speed limit was? 50, can you imagine that? Man, it's just like, it's like, you can drive that down close to the high school. So anyway, um, I've seen them do it. Okay. So, um, so anyway, the speed limit was 55 and we're, I'm driving around 610 and I make one entire loop and I'm getting, I know where, where our exit is. And so I'm thinking about it and mom says, nope, let's go one more time. I'm going, yep, take off. So we keep going around the loop one more time. I'm coming back around the South side. I can see the Astrodome from from 610 so i know that we're close to getting to the exit for 288 and mom says all right start get over and inevitably what is right next to me um in this lane car after car after car i have my blinker on i'm doing the whole 210 looking in the mirrors all that kind of stuff and it's amazing nobody slows down nobody moves over nobody speeds up to let me in and so guess what happens i miss my exit. And so I have to go up to the next exit and turn around, all that kind of stuff. So what does that have to do with anything? What that has to do with is that sometimes in life, you're going to be in a crowd and, and you're going to be headed in a direction that you thought was okay. And then you recognize real quick that you're trying to get away from that crowd. You're trying to, to get to your exit. You're trying to find a way out and you're blocked in and you can't get off. And those friends are taking you a place that you don't want to go. Those friends are doing some things that you're not comfortable doing. And you're stuck with that because of the company that you're keeping. You've heard the phrase, if you lie down with dogs, don't be surprised if you wake up with fleas. You're known by the company you keep. Okay. And so this passage, it's a simple truth that we see here in Psalms 1. Don't walk in the counsel of the wicked. Make sure that you're hanging out with folks that are giving you godly counsel, that are giving you good, solid, godly advice. Second part that I want you to see in your notes is that 
If you want God not to be honored in your life, um, then you, verse, middle of verse 1 there, says you start standing with the sinners. Again, cannot express to you enough the importance of your relationships, the people that you're spending some quality time with, some people that, that you're doing life with. Selfless plug here. If you're not doing life with one of our community groups, get plugged in. Find one. If you can't find one, call me, email me, help you get plugged into one. There's a bunch that you can, you know, find your, your fit immediately. Keep bouncing around until you find one because there's some people in this room, people in this congregation that want to do life with you, that want to love you, that are not trying to judge you. They're just trying to do life, try to figure it out just like we are. Okay. And so if you're not plugged in, Man, we all need relationships. We all need people that we can hang out with, rub elbows with, cry with, laugh with, all those kind of things. Find you a community group. But it says here that don't stand with the sinners. We've got to make sure that we're hanging out with those folks that are like-minded, people that are headed in the same direction that we're headed. And here's can be a little bit difficult kind of thing. We have people in our house that sometimes are not headed in the same direction that we're headed in. Okay. We have some people in our, and I'm talking about spiritually, um, we have some people in our homes that are not, it's not jiving. It's not, man, we have, our, we have one idea of what life should look like in, in, in our home for our kids or for our marriage, and then our spouse or our significant other doesn't have those same goals, doesn't have those same mindsets. And so it's important that we understand that, man, we got to have a target. we got to have a, a destination in mind. And so it's important that we're all on the same page. Standing and hanging out with the sinners is not being on the same page that, that you need to be on. And quickly, this, the, this, the third part of that, that verse says, or to sit with the scoffers or the mockers. And Webster defines a scoffer as one who mocks, one who ridicules, one who scorns the belief of another. Notice the digression between those three points that the writer of Psalms tells us here. First of all, what am I doing with the wicked? I'm walking with them. And then it says, don't stand with them. And then I get so comfortable walking with them and standing with them that I'm so comfortable that now I can pull up a chair and I can hang out with them. It says, don't sit with the scoffers. And you say, well, man, that would never happen to me. It happens all the time happens all the time social media the news man we see people that how many of you never in a million years would think would have thought that you're you would see today on tv what what you see 10 15 years ago would you would you have ever thought that you would see that stuff today no the arguments that are being presented that are that are bombarding our kids. Did you ever think that kind of stuff would happen? No. Okay. And so you see this lived out in front of you every single day. See where they're, they're getting so comfortable hanging out, walking with them. And then they're standing and hanging out and talking to them. And then they get so comfortable that they're sitting down, they're breaking bread, and they're really doing life with this crew. The writer says, listen, if you want to make sure that, that you're doing things wrong, do these things. Okay. But if you want to make sure that you're doing things right, you want to make sure that 2024 is God honoring. You want to make sure that 2024 is propelling you in the right direction. Then these are the things that you need to do. Let's pick up there in verse two. It says, but his his delight is in the law of the Lord. Guess what the law of the Lord is, church? It's just right here. Okay. 
This is the law of the Lord. You can read King Jimmy's version of it. You can read NIV's version of it. You can read the New, New Living Translation. I don't, I, whatever your preference is, you make sure that you're spending time in this. I did prison work for a lot of years, a lot of years, a lot of years, and that was one of the things we'd have on the, in the, in the foyer, we'd have a little chart that had the daily reading an Old Testament passage and a New Testament passage, and it was a three-page kind of thing where you could flip through, you could check it off, and by the time that December 31st hit, guess what happened? You read this entire thing. Some of us can't even find these things, okay, because we're so comfortable with this little thing that we have in our back pocket or in our purse that we can just pull it up on that. And that's cool because, honestly, when I'm not preaching, that's exactly what I'm doing. But if that's the only time that I'm reading God's word, shame on me. Okay, we got to spend some time in this. He says, his delight is in the law of the Lord. What do you delight in, church? Do you delight, do you delight in your family? Do you delight in good food? Do you delight in vacations and memories and those kind of things? Those things get you going. Those things are exciting. God's word should do that for you. Say, well, I don't have time. God's honest truth. Driving to the parking lot, get out, look at my phone, and there's this little blue box at the bottom that says screen time or anybody get that notification? Or y'all all turn that off, okay? If there's a way to turn it off, I probably need to find it um, because it tells me how much time I spend on my phone. And then it's so nice, it's such a pleasant little feature that it'll tell me how much more this week that I did on the phone than last week. Isn't that so polite? It's just, it's, it's amazing to, for that little device to tell me how much time I've wasted. Now, not all the time on my phone is wasted, but I'm sitting there thinking, man, did I really spend six hours a day, not a week, a day on my phone. Do you hear that? And then we say we don't have time to hang out in God's word. All right. Let's say you don't have time. Okay. Just for, for giggles. Let's say you get in a car and you're driving down the road and you pull up your version Bible app and it have, you can do plans. You can do the Bible, whatever. You can put on your devotional on that. If you have one, if you don't have one, get it. It's fantastic. You can put on your devotional, hit a little play button, and Sean Connery will read you Philippians or Psalms 1 or you whoever. They have, different, they have different voice modes for you to be able to listen to, to, to Scripture. Please don't use the, the excuse that we don't have time. Okay? If I promised you $100 a week, okay, if you read the Bible every single day for a week, and I promise you on Sunday when you came into church, I was in at the back of the church with my roll of $100 bills. Did you read it? Yep. Give you $100. How many of you do you think would be more motivated to read God's Word? Don't raise your hand. I'm just, this, it's rhetorical, okay? But, but it has to become a delight to us. This has to be, this is where our life comes from. This is where our joy comes from. This is where our hope comes from. You say, well, this, it's just a book. It's not just a book. John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word 
was God. In verse 14 it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And so when you're reading this church, you're hanging out with Jesus. Okay? And so this needs to become the delight. If you read one more verse in 2024 than you did in 2023, hallelujah, praise Jesus. Where's Miss Maggie at? Okay, whatever she does, okay? We've got to spend some time in this, okay? And so if you want to honor God in 2024, delight in his word. Second thing I want you to see, there's number four on your, on your notes there, is that look in the middle of verse three. It says, if, if you do this, then you will be like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season. Challenge for you in 2024 is to grow, to produce that fruit where you're planted, Man, let God use you where you are. You may be saying, Mike, I'm miserable in my job. Praise Jesus. Okay? Be obedient in the midst of that miserable job because God, if you think you're the only one miserable in that location, then you're probably wrong. And if you can be the light that, that your neighbor needs to see, you can be that word of encouragement that the, your coworker needs to see. Think how God can use you in that situation. So grow where you're planted because God's word says if you do that, what will happen? You will yield fruit in its season. What's the fruit of the spirit? Love, joy, peace. Where's my kids at? They know them. Love, joy, peace, patience, kind of goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. I'm not singing, okay? Um, But that's the fruit that will be produced in your life. And listen, you don't have to produce it. You don't produce that. How, how, how does it, what, does the tree stand in the, in the field say, man, orange, 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 and an orange pops out? Is that how that happens? No, it's something that happens internally, something that God does. Same thing happens with the fruit of the Spirit. When, you're, when you have the things in you that's supposed to be there, God will say, love. God will say, peace. God will say, self-control. He'll make those things evident in your life. He'll display those things in your life. But it happens when you meditate on this. It happens when you stay like that tree firmly by the streams of water. You have to put yourself in positions so that God can do what he wants to do in your life in 2024. Can't express to you enough, church. 2024 can be the best year of your entire life. Okay? As, as of today, it can be the best year of your entire life. But God wants you to love him with everything that you have. He wants you to put yourself in a position that he can pour out blessing into your life. He wants you to be in a position where he can just pop out this fruit of the spirit so that people around you can say, man, that is a godly woman right there. Man, that God loves the Lord. He loves his family. He loves his church. Whatever it is, God will do those things in your life if we position ourselves where we need to be in 2024, I believe with all my heart that you can do that. It doesn't matter what 2023, doesn't matter what happened in 2023. It's in the past. Okay, we can look for what's going to happen today and tomorrow and the rest of this year, saying, you know what, I'm going to be better today. And listen, I use the wrong word. You don't have to be better because it's not about you being good. Okay, it's not about you being good. It's about you being obedient and let God do in, in your life what He wants to do because you're going to blow it. I'm going to blow it. Don't tell Chris. Chris Little is going to blow it. Okay? Talk to his wife. Okay? We're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to blow it. But the goal is for us to love Jesus with everything we have. I heard a pastor say this past week that just, man, it resonated with me. He said, man, I'm just a nobody trying to tell anybody 
about somebody who died for everybody. Church, think about if that was our mantra. Think about if that's something that that was our goal. That was something that we just tried to do every single day. How much different LaGrange would be. How much different and better Fayette County and the state of Texas and this world would be. Love the, 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 the law of the Lord. Meditate on it. Put yourself in a position where God can produce in you what he needs to produce. And the last thing I want to share with you there in the verse 3. And check out this promise, church. This is not, this is not Mike Cooper's word. It's written, it says, it's right here on the ink, right here on my page, on page 457 in mine. Doesn't mean anything to you, but on 457, what it means to me. Whatever you do, you'll prosper. Oh my goodness. Now, listen, I'm not one of these name it, claim it, these little prosperity guys who gets up and said, man, if you just say in Jesus' name, then you'll win the lottery and you'll have a new Cadillac. I'm not that guy. Okay. But I am the guy who says, if I follow after the things of God, then God promises blessings in my life. Okay? And if it's not here in Fayette County, if it's not in Texas, then it'll be in glory. Because if Philippians 121 says, for me to live is Christ, and for me to die is gain. If I'm going to be here, I'm going to live for Jesus. But if I'm not going to be here, then I'll get to be with Jesus, and that's even better. Okay? But this prospering church... This prospering happens when we're obedient. This prospering happens when we follow after the things of God with everything that we have. Psalm 63, 8, and King James says, follow hard after the things of God. Man, I can't encourage it enough. 2024 wants to pour out blessings in your life. God wants to use 2024 to revolutionize your family, your home, your job, whatever it is. But he wants you to love him with every single thing that you have. Closing, I want to share this with you. Paul says, kind of sums this up in Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. And he's talking about this goal that he has. And again, resolutions and goals, whatever you think about those, that's fine. Um, But this is Paul's perspective in Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. And he's kind of, he's, he's talking about some things that you need to go back and kind of read in context. But in verse 12, it starts, not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, But I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do. He didn't say 2023 in here. Just let me parenthetically include it. In 2023, I forget what is behind me. I'm straining forward to what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Every decision that we make. Every relationship that we have, every destination that we go needs to be with the thought, is this honoring God, what I'm doing, where I'm going, what I'm saying, the people that I'm hanging out with. Paul understood that. And church, I believe that you understand that. I believe that you know in your heart of hearts that God has to be number one in your life and that there are some things that have to happen in your life to make that happen. Love his word. Okay. Love, love, love his word. And I promise you that life is going to be completely different in 2024 in your life. Amen? Amen. All right, let's pray together, church. Father, we thank you so much for today. God, we thank you for this word in Psalms 1 where, God, you know there are some people in our lives that we need to avoid, that we need to stay away from. And and you show us the, the, the negative aspects that can happen when, 
when we allow those people into our lives and then for them to grab a hold of us and take root and what that can mean, the demise in our lives. But, Father, your word shows us also in verses 2 and 3 that when your word is the center and the core of everything in our existence, and then, Father, that, that we can be like that tree planted by the streams of water and that we will produce fruit. You will produce fruit in us. And that, Father, that whatever we do, that we'll prosper. So, Father, I pray for the folks that are in this room right now, the folks that were here earlier, the folks that are listening online. God, that you would allow them to understand and to, to gravitate towards making sure you're the most important thing in their life. Your word tells us, God, in, in, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, that we're to seek you with all of our heart, or, or to seek you first. And so, Father, that in your righteousness, and then you'll add the things of life to that. And so, Father, help us to seek you first. The song that we sang, First Things First, Father, let that be the, the, the anthem for our lives in 2024. Father, bless this congregation. Father, pour out your spirit. Father, help us to know that we are loved and that we are forgiven. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, church, I can't think of a better way to kick off 2024 as a body of believers is to take the Lord's Supper together. And so, men, if you would, please come and uh, begin passing out the elements in church. I'm going to ask that when you receive the elements, if you'll just hang on to those, the juice and the bread. So we'll be able to take those at the, at the end uh, together, please.
church family in the book of Luke, 22nd chapter is an account of the Lord's Supper. The night before Jesus was crucified, he met with his disciples and they're at the table. And he does something that the disciples were sort of accustomed to. They understood what the Passover was. They understood what some of the elements But Jesus did something radically different uh, that evening when he broke the bread and he passed it out and he took the cup and he passed that out to the disciples. And it radically changed the meaning for the Lord's Supper, radically changed the meaning for the Passover. And so a lot of times... There are are congregations that do the Lord's Supper every single Sunday, every single service, once a quarter, whatever the frequency is, it really doesn't matter. But I want you to understand the gravity behind what we're about to do with this piece of bread that we think is just a cracker or a piece of bread or this juice that we're about to drink. Jesus tells the disciples in verse 19 he says they took the bread and he gave thanks and he broke it and he gave it to them saying this is my body think about that just for a second this is my body this represents my body that is given for you do this in remembrance of me the disciples understood that this body was a was a symbol of of sacrifice that it would there had to be a, a death for the forgiveness of sins. And Jesus says, I am that death. And, and so there had to be this, this confusion, this question in their, in their mind about what they were taking. And so church, I want you to understand that it's not just a piece of bread, that there was a love gift like no other. And there will never be another love gift like it when Jesus says, when you do this, I want you to remember how much I desperately, desperately love you. And he says to the disciples, take and eat. Take the body. The next verse in verse 20 says, In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup. It says, This cup is a new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Again, the disciples understood that there had to be blood for the forgiveness of sin. But Jesus said, This is my blood. That's about to be poured out. And so they're thinking, man, you're sitting right in front of us. How is your blood? And then these conversations as they're walking down the road, as they're sitting around the fire, where Jesus has told them that he will die, that he will be sacrificed. All those things start coming to their mind now. And so, church, I want you to remember, I want you to understand that when Jesus said, I love you, when he climbed upon that cross and and stretched out his arms and took those nails and those nail-pierced feet, and he said, it is finished, he did that for you. Not just collectively, broadly, but he did that for you so that you could spend all of eternity with him. And so he gave that cup to the disciples and says, drink in remembrance of me. Let's take the cup. Father, we know that your blood was poured out on that cross for our forgiveness so that we could spend eternity with you. And Father, as we remember that right now, as we remember that love gift, 
as we head into 2024, help us to be reminded of how much you absolutely love us. Father, help us to love you with everything that we have. Give us the strength that we need to be able to to honor you with our actions, with our words, with our thoughts. Father, we want to tell you corporately as a body of believers here and in our online that, God, we love you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for the Cross Point Community Church Podcast. It is our prayer that this message was encouraging to you as you follow Jesus. For more about Cross Point Community Church, you can find us online at crosspointchurchtx.org. Have a great week.